What's up? Hey, not much, man. We we did it. We survived. We made it. We, we made it on Monday. Here we are. Third third annual camp meeting. It was epic. There you go. We we look Boom. epic this morning. Yeah, I feel I feel <laughs> epic. That's why I'm drinking this Peruvian uh, coffee here. This or this organic Peruvian bliss. Yeah, from a Keurig. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty good. You know, it's interesting. They say that like um, uh, cured coffee is okay, like like to, as far as health wise, to okay. drink from time to time, but it should not be your primary source of coffee every day because mm. of those plastic, uh, because it's like oh. plastic uh, pods, right? right? And then you have all that like I don't I don't know how they do it. Compress you know all that compression mm-hmm. and all that heat going through all that plastic. Yeah. Probably not the best design. Yeah, yeah. It was it was actually Robert Hodgkin's wife. She's a doctor, and um, mm-hmm. and so she doesn't let him drink. He can have it every now and then, but um, she doesn't let him. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, as his regular coffee source. Do you do you have have you ever tried um, the Nest Cafe? Like not the. I'm like not talking Nestle about quick? the stuff like, that you pour <laughs> in chocolate milk. No, no, no. I'm not talking about that. Like the the fa- uh, the. Um, um, they have a like the Ness machine Mm-mm. that you can that has pods too, but the but oh yeah 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 <clears throat> they're really little and they're lo- they're they metal look like yeah oh they're actually metal they're metal so they're I have one at my house oh you do yeah they're pretty good. if you stay at a really nice hotel they'll they'll have those yeah and it almost makes like an espresso espresso shot is that it right it does they're all espresso shots and then you steam your milk and stuff so it's pretty good yeah that, that's amazing. I, um, I was going to make you an espresso tonic while you're here. Mm. We didn't get around to it. It's all right. We got this. Yeah. We might have to stop at a... I think I'm taking you to the airport. Are you? I don't know. Okay. If I do, I'll take you to a, a, an amazing coffee shop right by the airport where they have espresso tonic. I'll, I'll hook it up. All right. Let's do it, man. Awesome, man. <laughs> hey, uh, dude. So I got three words. Malawi. Three words. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted I wanted to talk to you about that. Yeah, that's awesome. Malawi. Three words. <laughs> Nintube. Hey, I saw Darcy on online this morning. He oh, did, did you? He, he did that. Did you see the video he made? No. What did he say? Uh, he was, did a, vi- a video of, like the of the beach line, and um, he was just thanking everyone for the prayers last night. Oh, okay. And he was talking about how things are coming together for the trip. Oh in, yeah, that one's going to be a good one. Benin, is that right? Benin, yeah. Benin, mm-hmm. and um, yeah. So he was giving like, like an update. He's like, eighty-five percent of the trip is done, but we can't do everything, and here's why. And, but he was talking about the little shingles thing, yeah, and um, that's tough, and just being, you know, talking about just how it just takes you out, and 
but yeah but yeah it's cool to see the update he um he's gonna have to go back at least two more times if i mean if not three a lot of people don't understand that about crusades they think oh you just show up and do a crusade you know they don't understand like all the logistics that go into doing one and i actually really thank god for some of the people that the lord has brought into my life that is like kind of help with our vision and darcy cumber is one of those guys you know i met him maybe three year three or four years ago and we started doing crusades and it was it's been like a really uh like a friendship that we've built but he goes in to a country and initially we'll just hit the ground so we'll 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 have him uh fly in there you know we he'll set up all the stuff as hotel um ground money for him flights visa everything so we can get him into the country and basically uh we'll give him one contact like this one in benin I got a, a contact from a friend of mine, and he was like, "This is the guy that you need to connect with." He's worked with Reinhard Bonnke. He said he's worked with Dana Kalinda. <clears throat> so we sent him there, and that's the way we we typically operate. He has to go in initially and do the first meeting, and meet with the the head guys, mm -hmm. discuss what what uh, we're we're thinking about, look at the different places that we could do the crusade and then um then get everything planned out the committee get the budget so there's really a lot to do when it comes to crusades people don't realize then he has to go back again he has to set up everything for our team so where are we going to stay because we're not going to stay in it like a shack or something where where are we going to eat like all these things he has to go in and he works works all those things that's yeah, crazy because you're you're bringing in big teams right like the size of your pakistan team is around well, this one's going to be 30 yeah which that's that's a big that, that's pretty a big, big. <laughs> i'm going to take 50 with me to benin to me anything over three is a big deal <laughs> <laughs> thankfully we've had really great team members like some of the people have come on multiple trips and and a few of them have came on every one of my trips wow wow since the beginning wow. since we went to brazil and um I don't know how many years ago that was, but they've been on every single one of my trips. Going back to Darcy, um, let's talk about when when so he was there before you, and I think maybe he had a team or something. But uh, but when he called you and all the witch doctors were were you with him when when all those witch doctors no were, like, did they no. block the road or something? So or? so what happened is that we're going into this we're going to go into this village that's like a rural village outside of the long way. Not a long way, a bland tire, uh, Malawi, and um, he he texts me this picture of all these witch doctors, like doing their dance or whatever, and I mean he's 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 wild man. He he jumped out of the car and just like confronts them. <laughs> you know, go punch him. Yeah, well, he, he had he, they had machetes and everything. He just he jumps like a, out of the car and he's like going for it. But that's that's the way Darcy is. Awesome. He'll I've go into anything. Guy, any. I mean, he he dove out into the crowd with me. Like most people would he not. Had your by your belt. Yeah, he was like holding he was like me hanging, up. Yeah. I mean, that's a true friend that would go because like people look at that and they're like, oh that's awesome like you're going out waiting out in the crowd and you're like praying for people like if you pull back from the whole 
God told me to go out and pray for people that way um, and start just thinking in the in the natural. I mean, it could have been a really dangerous situation. I mean, somebody could have had a knife. I mean, he's there to he's there to protect me um, to make sure nothing happens. Yeah. Was, you know? What was he? Was he? Do you remember him saying anything to you while you were doing that? Like, he, was he talking to you? Well, I didn't tell him the first time we went out. Right. I just oh, so went you did out this multiple times. You twice. Dove. Okay, twice. twice. All right. So he. So the first time we went out, like I just I was going down on the down on the to the uh, crusade grounds just to pray for pastors. Yeah. Which is like maybe fifty to hundred. So I'm just praying for people. Boom, 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 and then I'm like, let's just go out, you know? Yeah. And and that's when it got crazy because you have all the the people it's a wave a and it's not wave it's not people. the first time that i've had that happen i mean i was in taiwan and argentina this year same same scenario but um it was it was epic but he had me literally by by my belt and was holding me and uh we're just out there in the dirt i had like i had a just a layer of dirt on my shoes i didn't think those shoes were going to survive i had to like get them <laughs> get them cleaned but Man, um, the video the video of that was just so epic oh yeah yeah in fact uh i'll I'm, I'm gonna edit in a little clip of that for people watching so if you listen to the uh to the audio version of this go back and watch the youtube because we'll, we'll we'll cut some clips in yeah it's so it was so amazing man it was so amazing the death okay there's a couple different things there's just that the that the desperation and hunger of the people that is that you just don't experience that in in the u.s yet right mm -hmm. like and i don't care where you go in the u.s like i mean just because of how good we have it here right like there just is there there just isn't that kind we do not have that kind of hardship Mm -hmm. um and and uh, and we don't have that kind of hunger and desperation yet right like, right and so like i think that's one of those moving things about watching that video is just seeing that just that raw hunger and de and desperation and then uh and then seeing you and then seeing you um get in there just that wave of people but i will also say man it also just looked like fun i mean it just looked like 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 there's a like there's part of me that was like really really moved and then there was another part of me that's like man next trip i'm going to charlie and i'm just i'm just running off that stage oh. jumping in the air and letting them just carry me yeah yeah no <laughs> they like, ah. they they yeah it was epic man and like then you, like you'll be praying for people and i'll just be like ah. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh my buddy eric eric austin who does all of our media for us which is another amazing guy that god god kind of put with our team um he was out there man with the camera like i didn't even know he was out there he was out there in the middle of all of that like capturing it and um he just got some he got a lot of epic footage yeah your video looks amazing yeah the footage i saw just looked incredible yeah well that's that's all eric austin man he's 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 an awesome just amazing guy that does all the videos and and we'll have a whole documentary on that you yeah. know um but going back to the yeah, I was thinking witch about that doctors real quick about the documentary thing because you did that on on your last trip yeah um where where was the last trip was it also was that in malawi as well no that was kenya okay kenya yeah so he, he did a two-hour documentary on that, that one that thing looks amazing you know it's fun but and, and all those people that are there need to um you need to be sweet though is almost like if you were able to take that or something like that and even do it more like um episodes 
like yeah. 30 minute episodes you know on on itunes or because so, there's so much content i'm sure that he probably had to cut out so much content yeah, just to well, make it just to make it fit in two hours well this last one that we just did in malawi 18 hours worth of footage so how do you even capture or you know how would you even go about condensing that you know yeah. we have hours of footage on stuff and with this one that we're doing in pakistan i mean he's going to be bringing a drone because there's three hundred fifty thousand people does he do interviews with your team at all like oh yeah yeah so yeah. that's what that that's this next one is going to be all like a lot of will be interviews of, oh, cool. of the team members and and that's what's awesome about our trips that i really um want to kind of create this culture of people coming with us that it's our it's our tribe it's our family and when we see a miracle it's all of us seeing a miracle yeah you know so some of the most incredible miracles were done by our team members you know and i'm just standing up there just doing the testimonies yeah so there was a there's one uh, a pastor friend of mine that came uh from kansas and he brought his son to 17 years old and his son was he he was definitely on fire for the lord but man by the end of the trip you could really tell like he was just going for it like blind eyes deaf ears i mean incredible miracles then of course we had that kid from the netherlands who is 20 years old baptizing like the staff members of the hotel in in his tub in like his bathtub in his room and we're getting like these messages of him and and his roommate are like literally laying out like the staff members in the in their room getting them saved and then these shots of them like baptizing them in water that's amazing right in the hotel that's amazing. Tub. so it's pretty so cool awesome yeah yeah well dude I, I still think man destiny encounters that to me that just sounds like a tv show doesn't it that would like, be awesome like like not that it has to actually be on tv but it, to have that available like a tv show like in episodes like you could have just an episode on like deliverances and then like interviews with the team like i, I know what to do like there was green foam coming in the mouth and the lord just said like just cast it out and that's what I, you know like and yeah. like a whole episode just on healings a whole episode on like man you're giving me an idea for a whole that episode like going into villages yeah like, or, or just or just an episode on on the village the name of the village right yeah and then, like because then it's like it's shorter content, but then also you can go to the specific kind of content. Oh, deliverances, you know, man. You're and if me you can purchase them off of iTunes for like, like uh, if they're thirty minutes, maybe they're like I don't know five bucks an episode or something. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But that could also work for that show. Because who's doing that? Who's doing nobody. like revival TV right now? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, there is, but not like this. Not like real world meets. Yeah, that would be cool. <laughs> You know? I think that'd be good. That might even work for our show for um, for for Jim Baker. That, oh yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The things I mean, that Destiny he wants Encounters to. with Charlie. I mean, yeah. that's what you guys are doing. You guys are doing these. You guys are hosting Destiny Encounters. You guys are taking people from the West into parts of the world where it's just where it's where it's wild, where it's crazy. Right. You're exposing them to these situations, and then they're getting to test their faith out in these real world encounters. Yeah. It's gonna be good, man. Man, that's I'm, I'm, awesome. I'm already, I'm already. You got me. My wheels are spinning already on that. <laughs> I think I need to come up with that. All right, Jim Baker. Okay, what's up? Yeah. So you just went back on his show for the second time. 
I did, dude. Because uh, I don't. Did the, we, the, air, the episode, the second episode's airing today. Oh, it is. Yeah. Dude, did we talk? I don't think we've we've even spoken. Like, I don't think we've podcasted yet about like even the first time you went. Did we? I don't remember. No, we never. I don't think we really talked about it. Because I mean, all right, man. Like, so what was that like? Like, 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 what's it like? Like the grounds, the studio. Because from what I hear and see, it's like it's totally different than like a Sid Roth type type studio and situation as far as the setting and, and all that yeah i didn't know what it was going to be like when i went there to meet him you know um because that's kind of the tbn um crowd you know what i mean mm -hmm. like that whole uh side of things yeah, yeah. and so i didn't know what it but man he's amazing i i, I think pastor jim is completely legitimate loves the lord and is to, on fire you know he's 79 years old and he pretty much single-handedly pioneered christian television that's that's amazing in his 20s <laughs> that's incredible yeah like talk about that talk, like because you got to learn some of his history as far as what he was able to influence and what he was able to launch when it comes to this like the original uh wave of christian media and how it really went global on tv like he was he was like he was like he was a catalyst of of christian television yeah he right? bought like, the he catalyzed it yeah he, he bought the very first tv station in southern california black and white tv and he started doing christian programming no one had ever done that before then he connected with pat robertson and he came up with the 700 club and he helped Pat Robinson launch the 700 Club, which some of our guys that are listening probably don't even know what the 700 Club is, but it's still going on today. And the way that they started was they, they said, okay, we need this much amount of money to stay on air. So we're going to need 700 partners to give $10 a month, and that will keep us on the air. And he said they never met budget, but they just kept going. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah. And... CBN is now an actual network, isn't it? Twenty four seven. Like it used to be, Seven Hundred Club was like a just a TV show. I think they have their own actual news network. They may, now. they may. I mean, they definitely have a news network now. Yeah, they have. You know, um, the the whole C CTN or CBN thing is is massive. Yeah, they even yeah. have like a prayer call center in Nashville. They employ all these people, and then. Um, and then, so then, Jim Jim Baker had 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 a falling out, which was pretty significant. Um, and yet, to see his his restoration and the comeback, like regardless of anybody's personal whatever feelings on whatever, I mean, just just the just the 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 valley that he went to versus versus just the the restoration and and just his uh, and coming back on the scene. I mean, that that's incredible. I mean, who. Not a lot of people get to do that, right? right? Especially in the world, even in the world, it's really difficult to do that kind of comeback. Oftentimes, like just one kind of thing that can that can ruin your career forever. But especially in the church, man. Yeah, I mean, you'd think and uh, that the church would be like one of the most gracious kind of places to be, and it should be. <laughs> like the church should be one of the most high grace, you know, right. pl places where all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But hey, there's 
you know, there's redemption and there's restoration. But oftentimes, man, I think that the church can be, not this church, not my church, man, SRC is sticking amazing. I'm talking about kind of just the larger kind of scene, you know? Oh, you mean it's like the larger body of Christ yeah, is pretty as far tough. As, yeah, and especially, you know, yeah. but but uh, but Jim Baker has done it, man. Like, like it's, it's absolutely incredible the level of influence that he has and what he's been able to rebuild is it's 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 extraordinary it's really incredible he came back from a lot man and then you also have to think about something it it wasn't just like this is not just a scandal within the church like this is a massive scandal where larry king is involved you know and i don't know all the details and 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 we don't even know really what was real and what wasn't mm. you know because right. when when you have such a a large scandal and the narrative is being um kind of pushed by secular media you don't know what's real and what's not real do you know what i'm saying yeah, there's obviously some things that were done wrong but it's kind of like when when a when secular society gets a hold of a a christian scandal they usually layer it with all this other stuff i've noticed that so you don't know exactly what what's going on but um because of of everything even when he got out of prison he was bankrupt he had no money he was living in the the ghetto in la and and he and from what i understand he was actually living at the dream center you know the dream center in la he was living there in his in really his, yeah yeah and that's where he met lori his wife his now wife uh, also i don't know if, uh, you know bobby and carolyn connor also allowed him to move uh, he moved into their house for a while really right right after being released from prison wow yeah i, I think that's that, that's incredible it's so, amazing so jim baker's always had a huge heart for for bobby and carolyn because of how they embraced oh he loves bobby yeah because of how how they embraced him right? oh man you he know? considers like i was in the back room we were in the green room he considers bobby to be one of the greatest prophets on the earth today wow i mean that's where he holds him he loves rick joiner and he loves bobby connor and he is just like bobby connor he said this to me he's like bobby connor is our guy <laughs> He's like he's a legitimate, real, authentic prophet. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And when it comes to prophetic, like the prophetic, Jim Baker does not mess around. <laughs> he doesn't like go for fluff. Like this is your season. He's not one of those guys, <laughs> right. man. He's right, like right. he 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 wants the real. Like people may not like some of the prof prophets that he has on, but they're definitely not fluffy. Yeah. He's like he wants the real, the raw. He wants like you know dates he wants to really get into like details when it comes to the prophetic yeah because he wants the real thing yeah and so you were on the, you were on the show and when you were on the show the first time that's when you dropped the word about um about stadium shaking right and um and because i was and pete rose yeah and jim baker yeah and jim baker so i was supposed to be on that show to promote a book that i did uh, with some other people and i had been getting this word since last year about about stadiums and god kept bringing me back to 1989 like these visitations like not e not even at you know like like one day i had it and then the next day i had the next part no it was like 
I would have this one section of visitation and it came back like three times throughout the year. And, but I didn't write on it. I didn't put it out. And then the next part came with Pete Rose. And then, and then the final part came about Jim Baker actually on his birthday which I didn't know. Yeah, that's that's. I had a, I had the that's visitation amazing. on his birthday, and we put the video out because it was the final the final section that I was waiting on from God, and um, we put that video out on his birthday without on, knowing without, without knowing, knowing it. it without knowing that it was his birthday at all, and um, it was all about how God was going to use his network. And then people started sending it to him. Yeah, it, right. It, yeah, it, they started sending it to him and. Um, that's pretty much what um, one of the major things that uh, that we talked about on the show. In fact, they took my YouTube video that I did that I posted on the video and they sent it out to all their partners and stuff. That's and then you released the word about Pete Rose um, on the Jim Baker show, right? And then that was picked up by Howard Stern. Howard Stern's got to be shaking in his boots right now because I'm telling you, if the stadium portion of the prophecy has already come to pass, then then I guarantee. You cannot deny. I mean, let's think that this is before we even go to the Pete Rose part. Let's just think about this for a moment. People that are listening to this, how many times does a stadium shake with an earthquake in a, in, in, in a year? It doesn't happen. Especially in the same year that it's prophesied. Right, right, right. You know? Um what do you go what you have to at least stop and think for a moment hey maybe maybe this guy did really hear from god you know prophets get a lot of criticism i mean i i know i do because we get the emails my staff doesn't even let me see them i don't even read um youtube comments because there's you know because everybody has an opinion right but there's one thing when you say this is your season god's gonna bless you you know, edification, mm-hmm. exhortation, and comfort, yeah, sure, that's sure, fine. Sure. That is prophecy. Sure. But when you have an accurate pinpoint thing that you put out, that puts you at a whole other place. Because you put yourself under such great scrutiny. People are watching that. They're watching it. Some people are watching it because they want to see it to come to pass. Others are watching because they want you to fail. Because they want to be able to say, God is not speaking. That's right. Not yeah, even to right. me, because I don't, I, I don't care. Like, prophecy can come from anyone, as long as it's legitimate. Yeah. And it's flowing, and it happens. Yeah. Then I'm like, God is speaking. And it's, and it's, and it's, and it's even more than that, because there's two, there's two types of criticism. There's the kind of criticism that comes from unbelievers, where they love it, because it, it kind of validates their unbelief. Right. But then there's also a kind of criticism that actually comes from believers, and not just like the, the heresy hunters, but the actual, like, charismatic prophetic believers that begin to criticize and and it's because of uh, it's it's the spirit of jealousy do you find that that's really weird to me man like why would you celebrate i i I think we need to address this Mm -hmm. why do you why do we celebrate failure like we're happy when people like like we look at jim baker but people fall or when things fail like if a prophecy doesn't come to pass, like we're 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 like yes, like I see people that are like see a news a false prophet. And I'm like, 
man, that's such a weird mindset. You must live in a weird space in your head. Like, you know what I mean? I'm yeah. not trying to be And I mean. don't think, I think that within, um, within, let's say, uh, lay ministers or, you know, the people, the people of God that are hungry for supernatural expression, I don't think that there is that thing in them that wants to jump on that persecution bandwagon. Right. But I think oftentimes when we see, um, uh, unrecognized prophets or unfathered uh yeah unfathered unmentored prophets that have always kind of wanted that kind of thing mm -hmm. and they feel like they're prophesying with a certain level of accuracy but it's not being celebrated to the degree that they feel like you might be celebrated and then all of a sudden when you get it wrong there's this feeling i think of vindication of of and and and, and i think it's a spirit it's a spirit it's a spirit of jealousy and um and and when we begin to celebrate somebody's failure or not even failure we begin to celebrate um when we see somebody in the body of christ getting beat up and then we celebrate that to any degree we are partnering with that demonic spirit of jealousy and we're opening up our hearts even more so to begin to so it's very it's very very un, un, unhealthy and it's and it's absolutely it's a it's a it's a it's a it's a huge I, I wouldn't say that there's like levels of sin or like there certainly are categories of sin, but I would say right. that it that it's one of those one of those sins that definitely definitely breaks the heart of God when He sees His children rejoicing over somebody that is being actually beat up by unbelievers and by the church. I mean, I just think it's it's one of the most uncalled for you know things yeah. that can actually happen um, when you because we're we're supposed to be a family. But when we start operating like these, we have this sense of tribalism mm. within 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 the within the family of God. So here you have a family that's composed of cannibalistic tribes that are attacking. You can imagine how that must make the the father of that family feel. Mm. Did you ever? Did you um, when you? Well, you've you've always been in church. I have too. But did you? When did you start to recognize like different tribes? Like was, within the body yeah. of Christ, because I always I always wondered like why this guy over here in this kind of movement didn't do things with this guy over here in this movement. Because I I when I I was hungry for the Lord, right? So I would go over here to this meeting, hang with these guys. Then I would be over here at these meetings with these guys, and I was like, man. And so my my ministry is a blending of all the all the the places that i've been in my life you know like the renewal and then over here prophecy miracles it's a, a blend of all these different um movements that i i've kind of gleaned from yeah don't you think man it has something to do with like you know the world war ii generation like our grandparents generation like when they were doing christianity and ministry like they were like these independent war horses there like there wasn't really a network kind of fellowship mentality within the kingdom of god for the world war ii generation mm -hmm. it was like you take your family you go and you go into a rural town you go to a place where there's not a church or the only expression of a church is is compromised and you go in and you bust it and you do whatever it takes in order to see a few people saved in order to plant a church and you're not going to have any you're you know i 
I could be wrong, but I think for my grandpa's generation, there wasn't this idea of apostolic oversight. There wasn't this idea that you're going to, there's going to be somebody that, that, that's carrying you in their heart and they're going to send you a, a gift basket at Christmas time and, and a prophetic word of encouragement from time to time. I mean, mm. and then when you, I think when you see our parents' generation, when they were kind of raised underneath that, that, that kind of model of ministry, which wasn't a relational model of ministry at all, it was really, um, it, it, and yet at the same time, I think for our grandparents, it wasn't like relate, like wasn't relational within like the lead, within leaders, mm-hmm. but it also was. I don't think was probably all that. Um, I mean, maybe maybe it was hostile, but I think that for the next generation that came up, there was almost this. There there was a weird sense of like. That's where the stream thing I think came out of was was almost more out of the out of our parents the baby boomers where there was these streams and all of a sudden there's like there's like a restoration of different forms of supernatural ministry like the prophetic and the apostolic right and but I think it was like even in the 90s where we started hearing that word streams oh that's mm-hmm. the prophetic stream that's the apostolic stream mm-hmm. and um and uh, but the, and so the, you didn't have that hardcore independence and yet there wasn't there wasn't like a frequency of partnership. It was like, it was like, it's kind of like we have to protect the stream. We have to protect the purity of the stream. This is a prophetic stream. Those guys are way too pastoral. If you right. let those guys in our stream, it's going to compromise our prophetic stream. Right. 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 Versus, I think in, in our generation, you know, going, and I'm skipping one, the Xers. <laughs> Sorry, Xers. But I think like more with like the millennial thing, it's, it's kind of like, it's, it, it's kind of like the, the, co- the coffee shop ministry form of like we don't really like let's not meet at a round table you know let's meet at a cool uh coffee shop uh-huh. and let's still have that round table conversation let's still talk about difficult things let's let's be personal let's be real let's also be strategic mm-hmm. but let's let's not be weird about it and and you can chat with me and i can chat with you and i don't have to worry about you compromising me and me compromising you our our differences are going to sharpen each other yeah I can always find things in common with different streams. Like that's what um I've I've um been in so many different places with so many different expressions and uh I always find that it's amazing to be with different types of of ministries, you know. And I just find the points of commonality between the two and try to connect on that on that level, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Do you think that like this the big thing when it comes to like streams is that like we just have to we just have to remember that like that what we're a part of that it's not better than Oh, than, totally. You know, because I think sometimes we we can find the 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 parts of other streams that we don't necessarily agree with or that we don't think are I think we got to be really careful of the word mature, man. Don't you? Because or, I think or, that there's, or, there's areas that we think we're more mature right or or religious <laughs> like, or whatever right you know yeah that's a yeah it's like yeah this is a great conversation i like this and you know you can go to one place and be like oh because those guys wear suits and they preach out of the bible like and say certain words and stuff like oh those guys are religious it's like or they dance and shout one stream might have organs you know other guys might wave flags one people might, you know, it's 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 interesting because I'll go to all these different places, and I find the beauty in it. Sometimes I'll be at certain streams, and I'll go, man, I just wish they had an organ, or I just, or I'll be over at, and I'll be like, man, I just wish there was like 
yeah, that man, weird totally. flag lady just for fun. You know what I'm saying? Well, I've, I, the last three or four podcasts, race has come up recently, and it's a huge topic right now, yeah. like, like within the culture and, and um, the whole racism conversation and the whole. Um, but we've been like my la- the last three or four podcasts I've done this 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 thing has come up, you know. Mm-hmm. But I, I was just thinking about this when you were talking, like, you know, like you can go to a kind of a small kind of wild um, uh, prophetic church that might be dominantly white. And they might think that they're less religious because you know because they have flags and they have whatever else. But then when worship's over, everybody just sits down. It goes super super quiet. There's 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 a there's an awesome sermon, you know, revelatory sermon. Right. And there might be even a point where everybody like yells amen and gets excited at one point in service, you know. But but here you have these people that think that they're so free and so out there, revel, you know, with their revelatory mm-hmm. revelation. It's so we're into the deeper things, mm-hmm. you know. But if you take some people that are just you know just in, in just your your just a Southern Baptist black church. You, you know, and 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 you take them into what 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 these people think is this wild. They're gonna, you know, there's a possibility that they might be bored to death because mm-hmm. just their baseline is 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 wild, free. This whole thing of like liberation that's such a part of kind of the gospel um, expression. Yeah. So it's so funny how we can think sometimes that we're so free, mm-hmm. you know, and, and for that reason, I, I agree, man, there, there, that we have, we have to not just honor other streams, but we, we need to invite other streams and not just honor other ethnicity, ethnicities within our right. worship cultures. But we like, we have to realize that like, I, I, this is where I'm, I, where I'm starting to go. I, I like, I think, I think that our cultures demand color and variant forms of of expressions because i think that's the only way that we'll be able to see heaven on earth is to see um uh an accountability for diversity well i think healthy church is is culture right yeah a multicultural church is the healthiest church yeah amen and um you want to create every every church is going to have its unique culture within it um, but I think when you look at multicultural church, you can glean from all these different places and, and have really um, amazing flows of the Spirit. Um, it's, when, it's when we don't allow certain expressions that it gets, it gets weird. It can get weird, you know. And um, or maybe when you think that there's more glory on a specific kind of expression, yeah, I, I think that that's very true. Like our style is the style, right? You know, our way is the way. This is what heaven loves. <laughs> this is yeah. yeah. When we get to heaven, we're all going to do it this way. It's like no, let me take you over here. I think one thing that really helped me was getting out of America, yeah, and traveling in the nations, because then you really start to see how church is done in different cultures and different ways of worship, different ways of the ministry of the word. And it opened my eyes to see that God's big. He's not, he's not small. Dude, I'm cracking up because um, Bonnie Shavda sent me like the new sound of revival this morning. Mm-hmm. I, I'm going to play it like, like, so, cause we always think of like, like revival culture, like revival culture music, right? And so for 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 everybody listening or watching that that where we think we know 
what revival worship sounds like. This is what Bonnie, this is what Bonnie Shavda thinks the the new this is the new sound of a revival. That is Navajo um, worship. And wow. she sent me four tracks of Navajo worship. That's the new sound. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, man. I love it. That's so fun. Uh, the new, the new Melchizedek. There you, you go. Know, the sound and expression of the ancient indigenous people being stirred up and yeah you know we were go ahead well <laughs> you, I, I i i always encourage people that are around our ministry to study out church history because even words and and different things and topics can be can be considered off limits to certain uh um, oh that's interesting yeah uh you know streams mm -hmm. for instance my book mystical prayer some people wouldn't even invite me probably to their church just because i used the word mystical wow right 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 um and they would just say well that's new age without ever even like just looking at the cover they would just say no i don't even want to have any this guy's totally into new age without ever opening it looking at it or even knowing that all the church history from the third century all the way through the 16th century of mystical prayer and contemplative prayer. They would be totally, would have never even studied that because they don't look at church history beyond um, the Reformation, the Martin Luther Reformation. Or yeah. maybe they're Pentecostal in, they, in, in, in their expression and they don't look anything past 1906 and what happened at Azusa. But when we look at all the fullness of church culture, you can go all the way back to like the Celtics. And there was a lot of tribes in, in, in really interesting ways that they worshiped God, you know, on the, on the island. Yeah. Hey, let's chat about that. Um, I, I've, been, I've, I've been thinking about this recently as far as the openness to Christian mysticism. Um, uh, within the last, I don't know, let's just say last 10 years, right? Mm -hmm. um, and and it certainly is. So like this whole, this whole idea of, of the supernatural, and we talked about this before, is like is, is really hip right now within the greater kind of mainstream um, culture. Like, uh, and, and part of that's because of Bethel and this, you know, heaven on earth and just, so I think, that, I think that's amazing. And because of that, that's also uh, brought about a, an openness to um to even the mystical because i think you can be supernatural right without being mystical like you can be open to miracles and, and yeah. prophetic and that okay so here's where i'm going um within christianity there's a like some major like not just little streams not just theological streams but like some uh, and, and and i know that i'm not doing justice to terms right now but you have kind of the roman catholic uh um stream um 
you know, that got kind of shifted by the Great Reformation. And the accusation, okay, and then you have a, a, a Jewish expression of Christianity. And, uh, and, th- and there is a legitimate accusation from the Jewish community against the Reformation because a lot of the reformers were anti-Semitic. And, um, uh, and, I, it, it, uh, and this is kind of the, the greater kind of conversation or which there is a level of accusation within it. And, um, and so what's, what's interesting is that we have seen kind of a, a greater openness over the last 10 years to the, uh, to the expression of like more of the Catholic mysticism within the church. Mm-hmm. And I'm even thinking just like, you know, even like the very first book that I ever saw written on it was, was the New Mystics that John Crowder wrote, mm-hmm. where he went through all of these Catholic mystics. And I was like, oh my goodness, this is crazy. Mm-hmm. And then Justin with his Beyond Human, a more recent um, and kind of a deeper look at, at specific mystics. It wasn't just an overview. We went a lot deeper. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, you cover a lot of the mystics in your in your book mm-hmm. within kind of the Catholic stream. But then there was also like a very separated form of mysticism, and that was through the, like the Jewish mystics okay, and Jewish mysticism, where there hasn't really been a lot of openness to that. But that's where you have guys like, you know, I think Ian Clayton and, um, and Dr. O and some of these guys but uh, but it had uh, it, it but it, it, that's been way more fringy and way more kind of so it's, so I've just been thinking about this recently about kind of these um, uh, these two different ancient kind of forms of mysticism that are now kind of flowing into the greater um, c- kind of Christianum experience mm-hmm. and um, and my question for you is just like is 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 w- w- in your own application understanding and, and maybe even establishing like boundaries and that, that kind of thing. Do you think of it in, in those terms as far as like the, like the, 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 the Catholic kind of renewal of its form of mysticism and, and, the, and the different ingredients that were kind of a part of that and the Jewish, because there's a lot of good, but there's also a lot of bad in, in it, right? On right. both sides. Right. And then, and then also this, mystic revival actually that's taking place right now and how those and how the and how the roman and the jewish uh uh um, which are like almost kind of opposites Mm -hmm. like like they they wouldn't have gotten along right so it's kind of interesting what's happening i think you got to draw from sources though yeah like i wouldn't consider myself to be any any bit of an expert on 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 christian mysticism um, nor the people that, like the other guys that you named, yeah. Because I would I would be able to say like let's go back to the sources okay. of where they get, or even like with you mentioned Doctor O, yeah. Um, I would I would go back to the sources of information and where he got his stuff from, mm. because his sources are not going to originate with him, right, 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 right. I'm not trying to offend anybody, sure, sure. but um, like. You know, Bernard McKean would be, in my opinion, the scholar on all Christian mysticism. I mean, the guy's both brilliant. Catholic and Jewish. Well, yeah, he would trace back to like all the he he goes back all the way to the third century. He goes back to or, origin, mm. which is the which is right. you know right. he goes back to. Um, yeah, it's like a seven volume, like on on just um, trees of Avila, or or um, you know, I'm trying to think of the 
um, the other, the, the man that, uh, the mystic that did, uh, the theology of, of Christian mysticism. Um, but Bernard McKean, he's, he's a, he is a scholar at the university of Chicago, loves the Lord. He's like 87 years old. He has like 50 volumes maybe more he's wow. written on you can get wow. it on amazon wow. Wow. you cannot exhaust the source of of information that the guy is it readable done. like can you actually understand oh it yeah i mean if it? you're if you're if you're <laughs> you know into that <laughs> right 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 that's why i think it's important to name sources that's good really like because i'm like even with my book on angels when we're going through it it's important to um say this isn't some kind of vision that charlie had of how this of the angelic works this is like what the church fathers said and this is like you're drawing back from the sources you're going back to the original state of where everything comes from and when we can have that honest discussion mm -hmm. then then it doesn't it isn't weird anymore so like if you're like i wouldn't agree and i'm just this sure, is just me sure um I wouldn't necessarily agree with uh, some forms of Hebrew mysticism mm -hmm. just because it is uh, rooted in Kabbalah, which right. I, I, I I don't agree with. Right. I think that 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 is something that needs to be addressed in a and right Kabbalah way. Kabbalah is that is uh, would you call it a religion of Jewish mysticism? Would you say it's almost, exactly what you it say is. It's, it, it's, it's all about it's, numbers. It's, own, it's numerology. A, I can't talk. It's own religion, basically. Right. Completely separate from the from the Christian narrative. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. It has nothing to do. This is no root in 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 Jesus. So that's my only my only um, kind of hesitation or concern about it. Whereas, like, let's let's say that let's let's address See, even this Madonna. Too. Her religion is. Was it, is it called Kabbalah? Yeah, she was a part of Kabbalah. Yeah. So if you don't, but if you don't know where the sources are coming from, and look at the fruit of Madonna's life. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get blasted for this, man. So I'm You'll gonna get a, a bunch of people that are that are like gonna rail me. Um, Be nice, people. I think that the that the uh, that within certain expressions of people's teachings they have made a false assumption in 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 kind of imagery of mysticism because when you look at the mystics of the church you look at even somebody as celebrated as saint teresa of avila you have to understand that she was a theologian she was a scholar and she read her bible wow so good. every single encounter that she had sprang out of her reading of 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 scripture so she would read scripture and then she would meditate off that scripture and then she would go into this experiences and all the christian mystics the true ones that are celebrated all find their root within Jesus. So they weren't searching like to, uh, again, 
if you're watching i love you but they weren't trying to go to mars they weren't trying to go to like some other place sure they were trying to go into the heart of god sure sure so sure i don't know if that answers your question bro yeah. but I'm, yeah. I'm just you know well the, the only reason i've been thinking on it is is this whole idea of um that right now there's this word mystic that's being used a lot mm-hmm. um but there's already and you could do that like 10 years ago or something like you could like you talk about the mystic ex, you know ex, the christian mystic expression uh, or distinctive within kind of what we're we're running with and here in seattle i would say we definitely have a mystic edge on what we're on what we're going after and mm-hmm. and and we just mean that in, in the simplest definition of what mystic means and that we actually believe that face-to-face encounters with god are possible that it's possible to hear god's voice to have an intimate um a personal relationship with jesus that's just as relational as my relationship with you right, right. so that's all, all 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 mystic means but there but there is actually in the same way that with any sort of movement they tend to kind of divide and fragment divide and fragment like every movement historically does that there's there's a certain level of of division as far as difference of opinions or difference of even just theology and 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 we've seen that we've seen that just in the last five years right you know people that are running together but then there's a difference of melchizedek and what his order is and how that works uh-huh. is he an archangel is he you know and so then all of a sudden we all we all still love each other but we find ourselves in different camps based off of and so it, it is interesting to see just even the streams that are forming even within what used to be kind of one camp is already forming into kind of tributaries of mystical expression mm-hmm. that I'd say are, are, are probably far less Catholic. Cause I think when this whole thing started, there was such an emphasis on, uh, on the, on the Catholic saints and the Catholic form of, of mysticism and, and, and an honoring of that, which mm-hmm. traditionally there hasn't been like, if you were to ask William Branham to honor, the Catholic saints, or to go back and revisit some of, he'd, he'd slap you with with a leather glove <laughs> or yeah. a belt or something. You know he was saying? not a, Catholic, a fan of Catholicism, <laughs> right? They'd call you a harlot or something, right. right? So, I mean, so on one hand, it's amazing to see the Protestant Church honoring the Catholic the Catholic Church, and and yet, really, what's hip right now within the mystical expression is not the the Catholic form of mysticism. Mm-hmm. That was kind of the gateway into where things seem to be going right now which is which is uh very jewish in its in its mystical expression yeah well what what do you think about that we i i can go i can like take it a, a step deeper if you want yeah go ahead man um you know i just i just feel that you have to check sources with anything and not just kind of dive on the deep and and there's always going to be people that are going to just be like you know this is my guy so i'm going to listen to him mm-hmm, whatever. Right, right but um man should we go here right now yeah sure uh i mean like we'll, we'll take <laughs> for instance want, go take want. for instance like jason yeah you know what the situation happened with him like you could see that pattern of where it was where it was progressing to mm-hmm. and the material that he was teaching was not anything that could not be found. So, right, right. So if right. you study, and man, I study a lot. I just I, I dive into all kinds of sure. stuff. I'm always looking at things and and trying to find sources. Sure. 
So when you dove into his sources, you found out where it came from. Right. And and it wasn't a, it wasn't a good space. Right. So, well, it was anti. It was it was an antichrist space. Yeah. It was it was uh, 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 most of the stuff was. Um, and that's easy to slap that title on. Like, I'm not just trying to be like, is it Antichrist just to say it? But it really, the spirit on it was Egyptian mysticism. Sources that were coming from, you know, the ancient Egyptian worship of other gods. And those sources, um, you know, that, that, that like, um, uh, Stitchin. Mm. And the and these and these guys that um, taught on the um, Anaki, like these ancient aliens that came from that isn't that isn't originated from him. I, I immediately when you started talking about this stuff, you know if you're studied, you know where it comes from. Most guys don't because they just go, oh, he had this encounter, blah blah blah. blah. Anaki is that it, part of the like the, the Anunnaki. Land, the, Okay, so yeah, that's not so tied to Enoch Eli uh, uh, Stitchin okay. wrote books on that in the 1960s like, or 50s. Um, he did a whole – the guy's a scholar in his own right, um, in, in, but he wasn't a Christian. Sure. You know, he wrote about the ancient alien uh, race that came and took uh, a seed from that – from their people and planted – what we now know as humans on the earth. I, do you, you knew yeah, that or no? Yeah, yeah, a little bit. I haven't actually researched it. I did go and actually did a little bit of research regarding some of the stuff that Jason was talking about as far as like the spaceship that's out there right off of Saturn. And like the, there's just quite a, quite a few things that he was talking about that I thought, man, where is this even coming from? And, and it was just a Google search away. And I was able to find loads of, web, of websites, you know, um, that... Uh, these are like websites that like some of the very first websites that ever hit the internet. Like, do you remember Angel Fire web pages? Mm. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty pretty raw looking websites. You know what I'm saying? With uh, with all this information on like the origin of sin, where where, where that word even comes from. So any sort right. of any sort of sin consciousness is 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 just part of the uh, Vatican construct to control humanity by using religion, like stuff like that, right? Like, right. And um, uh, and then all the way down to, um, but it, when I when I was saying Antichrist earlier, it was to debunk any sort of orthodoxy within within Christianity to mm -hmm. say that here's here's what you believe, here's why it's false, here's the origin of, but it's um, but it's it's a uh, but it's a false it's a false narrative to pitch why something else is false. Like if I, which is crazy, right? Like 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 to make up something to say that something else isn't true and if, even if you're just looking at these websites man like and, and some of this and i'm not saying that these websites were the source of jason's information but i'm saying it's like it's almost like a reflection of that of that tribe yeah and it just it just reeks of um in like uh ingenuineness and um and conspiracy and and fear so even though it's an idea that here this vatican left brain construct has been put on you and you are lost in this hologram using all these words you know mm -hmm. that, that you're lost within this political religious hologram and if you can step into truth then you will find freedom and here's and, and here's the truth but if you if you really receive that truth there's no freedom in it 
it just brings you into a web of deceit, lies, which stirs up fear. Right. So there's so so much fear there. Yeah. Well, I think the other thing too is, um, I mean, we can have knowledge, but apart from Christ, it's foolishness. Right. So the knowledge of Christ is superior. So when when I when I look at any subject or information that is considered supernatural, I want to check the source. Is it making me grow in Christ? Yeah. yeah Even with visions right. and dreams and encounters and trances, is it drawing me closer to Jesus? Is it making me fall in love with God more? Is is my nature changing through these experiences or is it bringing torment is it bringing destruction is it you know bringing all this stuff around me that isn't good yeah you know what i'm saying yeah, yeah absolutely i'm just being yeah. honest here i i, I think we also to, i think it's warranted for us just to say like because i know this to be true about you and i but maybe other people don't know it. like you and i stink and love jason you know like like um and Jason's a total gifted person, right? Like, I, and I just wanted to tell this quick: a buddy of mine, whenever he would, he whenever he would like almost fall into sin, Jason would call him up and be like, "Don't do it, buddy." And like, and he would see like in a vision what he was about to do, you know. And so like, like incredible call. And I think that that's why conversations like this need to be had. It's not that we're trying to trash talk Jason or anything. Here's somebody that's super crazy gifted within our stream, like, right. like, like, like. Just completely, you know, the greats within within like you know Bob Jones, Bobby Conner, all these guys, you know, vouch for this this guy, you know, and yet he's and yet he's denied the faith now, and and that didn't just happen. Like he didn't just wake up one day and was like, hey, I believe, you know, there was a there was a, a sequence of beliefs and a, a sequence of 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 different streams and engaging with different things and and different heart streams and you know, I think that that's why we need to be having these conversations because. Man, dude, if you know, if if Jason, you know, could find himself where he's where he's at right now, man, really, any of us could outside of like relationship and without and without some real accountability to like to the word and and really, um, and I'll say it again, accountability to the word, like the word of God to the Bible, and man, anyone that's trash talking the Bible, like anyone that that or being flippant or even uh, cracking jokes about the about the authority of God's word. Um, just turn that off. Like, if you're reading a book and there's any sort of, you know, any of the, like, I'm talking to people. I'm not talking to you right now, Charlie. But yeah. man, I I just think that like we need to be a people that are all about like like intimacy, like the true mystic expression, which is radical connection, intimacy with Jesus. Mm -hmm. But if that means us having to trash talk the Bible or trash talk people that have a, a total respect, then something's way off, you know. And so. Um, uh, I just wanted to say that you know we love we love Jason, you know. At the same time, we got to have these conversations because there's uh, there's so many open doors right now to just crazy distractions that will t that could take a generation radically off point. Right. Well, I think that the the parameters, it, like things that I draw back into, as crazy as you can go out into the prophetic, the mystical, the realms of the spirit. I always draw back, and I, we talked about this the other day. I always draw back into foundational things. That's right. Souls, winning the lost, 
miracles, you know, preaching the word of God. Like those are my kind of like grounding foundational points for anything that I'm going to go out into. I always check everything by the word. And listen, you're watching this or you're listening to this. If you honestly believe that the Nicene Creed and the church fathers were somehow demonically possessed when they put the Bible together and that it wasn't the inspired word of God, then there are some foundational breaking points that you, that you need to go back and really study. Because these are the guys that were connected to uh, the apostles of the Lamb. And if you don't believe that, they, that there's a succession there of love of God from one generation to the next, and that somehow this whole thing's been corrupted, then you need to go back to the source and get back into Christ and recognize that God put this thing together, you know, the Bible isn't something that man put together. God inspired even the 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 cre the the church fathers to come together and distinguish between what was the authentic word of God and what was, you know, not. You know, I mean, they were like, let's not put in the book of Adam and Eve because we can trace it back you know what i mean right. or or the book of mary or the book of mary magdalene there's reasons why that, those those particular books didn't make it into canonized scripture you know what i mean yeah and we have to we also have to realize that the books like paul's epistles were were written before even the gospels were written Wow. wow. Some people wow. wouldn't even know that. That's they right. would just think right. because of the way it's lined up. Right. Oh, the Gospels, you know, the book of Mark was, you know, the very first Gospel that's written, but it wasn't the very first, you know, book in Canaanite Scripture that was written. You know, the epistles were written before the Gospels were ever written. Yeah, man. Uh, Greg Daly shared with me a quote recently um, from Kenneth Hagin. And he, uh, he, he made, and I'll paraphrase it because I don't remember exactly how it's stated, but essentially when we deviate from winning the lost, we open ourselves up to a familiar spirit. Really? <laughs> yeah. And I found that, I found that fascinating. What, what I love about that, I mean, just looking at your, your ministry is um, you're totally into the deeper things and into the, into the, uh, into exotic theology and, and into these places where it, it, it's not a distraction. It actually comes to enhance our relationship with Christ and our efficiency and effectiveness in winning souls. So it's one of the things I love about what, what, what you've been doing, just my relationship with you is that, is that it, it, it feels healthy um, because it is healthy. And the fruit of that is salvations, conversions, people coming to know Jesus, uh, 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 not just in uh, Malawi and um, and not just in um, uh, Pakistan, but even just here in Seattle this last week, and your desire to be doing stuff even in the in the U.S. But I th I thought that was a fascinating quote. The moment we lose interest in winning souls, we give ourselves to a familiar spirit, right? Or any time that we just decide that we want to go off from the basics of things and we're going to go into the deeper things it's kind of like what you're talking about um 
like I love the deep things. Yeah. I just want to make sure it's rooted and grounded in Christ. Right. Because you can get like <laughs> you could get weird with even even um, the like the letters of the he of uh, the Hebrew letters. Sure. sure. Like there's a place for that. I mean, I was looking at that back in like 2004. Yeah. I mean, I was going to to classes where people were teaching on like the living letters and this means this and this and this and this. But if you really want to get to the source of the Hebrew, why don't you go and take a class like uh, from a legitimate scholar and and a Hebrew scholar that speaks Hebrew writes hebrew and then you'll get to the source yeah that's good it's kind of like greek like i have a friend of mine he 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 can speak fluent greek he can he can write greek and he can read the text of new in new testament of of greek if i ever have a question about something that i'm looking at i'll ask him about it yeah because i'll say what does this say how does this really i mean how did paul really write this yeah you know because we have many translations Man, they call them master classes for a reason. You know, you've seen this master class revival on online where you can take a, a film directing class from Ron Howard. Right. Listen, if if you're ta- it's not a master class if you're taking Hebrew from somebody that's not fluent in Hebrew. Wow, you said it. I didn't. <laughs> so I like all the mystical <laughs> right. stuff within that, but I'm like, and I'm not trying to diss. Like, please don't listen to me. But I'm just saying. I'm just saying. If you if you're it makes sense it does I'm just saying bro I'm just saying yeah I'm just saying yeah I mean I'm just saying that's yeah. uh, that's all I'm just yeah yeah come on man I want to listen to the guys the sources yeah and then if when I become good enough to move into that then then maybe I'll you know, like this whole revolution right now, like with food, and everybody's really big on uh, on what you eat and w- and what you're taking into your body. This whole idea of like or organic, you know, don't pa- don't panic. It's organic. You know, like it's such a big deal right now, and um, and I think it's really interesting. And the reason why it's such a big deal is because we're like we're seeing the effects of of eating food where there's been no accountability right like mm-hmm. and uh, and we've we and there's so many documentaries now of just like these these meat farms and just like and and just it's just it's crazy right but the same thing is really true um spiritually of of the spiritual things that we're taking into our body and if there's good stuff going into you there's gonna be good stuff coming out of you but if there's bad stuff or tainted stuff or modified you know uh g- genetically modified spiritual stuff that that you're taking into there it's not going to produce good fruit and i think that that's that that's the biggest thing is is um you have your own set of values that you're able to 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 discern like your fruitfulness within your life personally and also within your ministry and and i do too and my values would be different from your from your values Mm -hmm. and and nevertheless we have a set of governing values that would be biblical in ways that we're able to really hold ourselves accountable as to to how we're how we're doing and uh, and man i just think that that's something that every person needs to have like every person needs to know you know we are part of the body of christ and so what we're putting into us what we're putting into our body and like bobby connor he released that 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 word recently um regarding um who we're even allowing to minister on our on our church platforms Mm -hmm. and and even just that place of that where we're like even just 
um, I forget how he said it, but how like basically we will be accountable for who we're actually promoting. Um, and I think that's really interesting. So if I'm if I'm going to hand you an apple, you know, and and it's not a good apple, right? <laughs> you know, like that's on that's on me. I served you something, but the, even the scarier part is if I'm eating those apples all the time. So the point is not to belabor this point. Like the details actually matter. And just because some, somebody says something to be true, like this is true, like that doesn't mean anything right. if it's not lined up with the truth, right? Right. So, well, you got to check, like, and you got to check your sources. But think about this: everything that is tainted in the body is going to be eventually pushed out. That's right. So you can't be surprised when things get pushed out. That's right. Because, um, for for example, I heard this story about this 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 uh, family who had a newborn baby and um the baby got uh they 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 found a feather actually coming through the skin of the baby on the on on um you know it was it was like coming out of the out of the cheekbone right yeah so they went to the doctor and they said, "What? What is this? Like, why is this this feather coming out of the?" They had to have like surgery on the baby to. Ba- basically, what happened? Somehow, the baby had gotten this feather inside its cheek in the gum, and the parents didn't see it. And so, what happened was because that feather was foreign to the body. The body's natural process was to push it out. Wow. Because it was a toxin. Wow. So it was literally coming out because it would, that was the only way it knew to get out. Wow. Because it, would, it was, stu- so it was being literally pushed out. So things that are not in, that's good, man. Our purity in Christ in his, in his body are eventually going to be pushed out. Now are we not saying restoration? I believe anybody can be restored. You know, I believe anybody can be brought back. But God isn't going to allow um, this f- for there to be uh, contamination. Mm-hmm. It's going to be pushed out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we can't we can't be surprised when there's rejection. Right. And and um, so that's my my thought my thought on it yeah. you know um balance in the spirit of god is very important source is important and uh it's 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 good to frame things up it's like it, when we're talking about the glory people think the glory i said this the other night people think the glory is just like a white cloud you know that's not the glory the glory encapsulates the very throne where Christ sits inside of that inside of that cloud is 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 literally the myriad of angels encircling around the very throne of God. Christ is the centerpiece. That's why when they were on the Mount of Transfiguration and they the Moses and Elijah are there, they're having this incredible experience. Peter goes, Let's build three tabernacles. And suddenly, what happens? The cloud of glory comes down. So now they don't see the cloud of witnesses anymore. 
they only see Christ. They only and they only hear the voice of the Lord. And the voice of the Lord speaks and he says, This is my beloved son. Hear him. So now it's 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 the mystical experience. Yes, they see Elijah, they see Moses. But the glory trumps that. It overshadows, the shadow comes down so that all that they see when it's lifted is Jesus. Does it make sense? Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. God's voice is going to speak, and he's only going to testify of his son. Anything that does not testify of his son, then I have to question. Because Christ is the expressed image of God. If we are going to see God, we're going to see it in Christ. So my, my thing with mysticism and the mystical realm, everything has to go back to Jesus. Yeah. If it's not drawing me into Christ and the, the encounter with him, everything else is secondary. Even, an, even um, angelic um, encounter. Because we were, we were talking about this the other day. I, I said, uh, from what I've seen through studying and writing this book that I'm doing right now on angels, that Paul was not referring to angel worship as bowing down and worshiping angels. Right, right. What he was referring to as angel worship is actually the elevation of angelic above Christ wow. and the experience and, um, and uh, the manifestation of Jesus and that I want to have an angelic experience and somehow Christ becomes secondary. Mm. He was warning the church against that. He was saying everything has to be focused in Christ. Mm. The angels worship Christ. Yes, it's not a matter of bowing down and you know because I I always think about that as well as people's people's fear of of angel worship because we emphasize worship but really what you're saying there is that um, overemphasis of angels over Christ can equate to angel worship. Overemphasis of any, uh, yeah, of, of angel worship. It because becomes, it becomes a distraction. Yes. But anything that is exalted above the name of Jesus. Anything. Yeah. That's really good. Anything. That's really good. So if we're going to be safe, always pull it back into Jesus. Yeah. Any revelation. Right. That's Centered. not Christ centric. Just saying. Yeah. Maybe maybe some people think that I'm old school, man, but I'm fine with that. I I mean, I want for anyone. And you say that that's a safeguard, yeah, right? But yeah. Is oh it? man. And just for love for love for people in ministry, you know, anyone that desire anyone that's in ministry has a desire for longevity in ministry, right? Nobody goes into ministry saying, "I'm just going to do this." For a month, and then I'm going to do something really stupid. Like nobody ever says mm. something like that. But anybody that has a desire for longevity in ministry, the key is Christ's centricity. Is the centricity of Christ in gospel centeredness? Mm -hmm. I so believe that. I know. I know. I know you believe that. Mm -hmm. um, but that has to be. And um, yeah, this is a good discussion. Let me ask you something. Yeah. Um, have you being being a pa like pastoring a local church, I like mean an apostolic leader? Um, have you seen any of the the friend the the like super fringe stuff? Mm -hmm. 
do you see it worked out healthy within the local community of your of your church i mean can you know uh yeah okay so i would say it at, at, in our context of ministry here in seattle seattle revival center and um because there's an openness for uh for the mystical side of, of, of and, and not just an openness a hunger like there's mm. a deep hunger for supernatural efficiency in ministry and so if there are like revelatory keys or insights that we can apply within our within our prayer or within deliverance or anything like that mm. we're going to search it out you know and um because uh, I think every, I mean, everybody has a desire for greater efficiency in ministry, right? You know, and so if there's, and that's what revelation should do. Revelation should make make us far more efficient. So, which basically means less work, more gets accomplished, right? And um, and yet, at times, I'm sure we have gone to an unhealthy, uh, maybe we've swung to an unhealthy uh, place in in our hunger and in our desire, right? Mm. Uh, and yet, because we're doing this in community, mm-hmm. and be- and because we're and because there is um, a fierce commitment to relationship amongst our leaders, and honest, brutal, honest relationship, we have permission to be fierce in our desire to go after God and the things of God, right? Without fear of of falling into deception so what i love is that there's like like there's like a fierce like hunger for the deeper things of god here without any fear of deception and i think that we can do that because of our uh because our like our covenant to do to 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 do what what's ever necessary just short of sinning Mm. to make sure that we're um being truthful and and vulnerable and real with each other and because of our our love for christ and our love for each other we're we are and we do um get in each other's business when we think it's getting weird that's awesome (laughs) i i I think i still think that local church is the healthiest way like we were talking about uh, Mike, the thing that we're doing in Moravian Falls. Yeah, yeah, I can't see it not turning into some form of local church. Yeah, because I just think that that's a healthy way of community. Now, whatever that looks like can look like a multiple different expressions. And you know, that's healthy because you know what I think. What what happens is because of people's um, baggage with the local church, they want to do something new and fresh in in the context of community. But they'll say, this is not a church. This is not a church. This is not a church. This uh-huh. is not a church. We are not a church. I'm not a pastor. This is not a church. Okay, but what are you doing? We're right. gathering. How often are you gathering? Right. Sometimes three times a week. <laughs> um, and what do, you, what do you do when you gather? Well, we worship. Right. Okay, what else do you do? Well, we break bread together. We, 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 we eat a meal together. What else do you do? Well, sometimes somebody will read a scripture verse and um, and 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 we'll dive into a psalm or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then what do you do? Um, we minister to each other. We pray for each other. Okay. So how's that not a church? <laughs> well, you know. <laughs> can, can I say something about yeah, that, please? Yeah. So my buddy, a good friend of mine in Detroit, we had a discussion about this because um, some guy came to him to his to one of his like meetings and. Um, 
he had started doing these house gatherings, like a house ga- at his yeah. house with like his five friends. And um, every week they would get together and they're like worshiping, they're prophesying over one another. And, you know, they started getting more and more people coming uh, to these prophetic gatherings at the guy's house. And my buddy goes, how's it feel to be a pastor? How's it, how's it feel to be? He said, I'm not a pastor. I'm not pastoring. He said, he, he goes, I'm just doing prophetic gatherings in my house every week. And he said, well, he said, this is what's going to happen. He goes, people are going to get tired of coming to your meeting and week after week being prophesied over because they need someone to pastor them because pastoral, the pastoral office is one of the fivefold ministry gifts or the ascension gift ministry. He said, so you're going to have more questions and you're going to begin to have people show up that are going to have to be pastored. Otherwise, your house meeting is eventually going to fade into nothing because people need someone to pastor them and he said right now you're a pastor so when those people are coming to your church just to your house just remember that you're pastoring them now (laughs) yeah and see the guy had totally stopped what he had done is that they he had been going to this one church he didn't like the way that the pastor was running things so he and his four buddies kind of pulled out of that church, did a church split, and had some of the people coming that once went to totally. that church. Perfectly now they're normal, meeting at us. That perfectly healthy, perfectly normal. <laughs> yeah. Because we're gonna Great move foundation. we're gonna move into the deeper things of the spirit. <laughs> right. Well Yeah, I don't know. Get what, ready, you're gonna pastor now. I, I don't know what So this has been my concern with the revival hub concept is and i don't know where you're at with this but my concern with um uh and we would refer to ourselves as a, as a hub here as a revival hub but there was this idea for a while um and i realized that that uh, jennifer leclerc and, and ryan lestrange wrote, wrote a book on revival hubs which is awesome it's an it's an awesome book really a cool wine skin um the problem is is that uh is that like when we empower people to establish um, revival hubs with some with some sort of um, uh, organic leadership, but not um, but not really in alignment with any sort of apostolic leadership. So, for example, let's say you read that book, Revival Hubs, mm. and so you pulled together just an organic kind of ecclesia, but you didn't align yourself with with Ryan. Uh, and I'm not saying that he's the only only guy, but I'm saying if you read his book and you took his wineskin, and yet you're you wouldn't be willing to submit to him, okay, uh, or at least someone else, and maybe there's somebody that you could, you feel like you could get more like uh, have a sense of relational closeness because they're in the same region and they're and they're attested and tried and like a true kind of apostle and recognized, mm-hmm. not just this apostle in name only like like they signed up for something online you know like a true kind of legit fruitfulness of ministry you know credibility like mm. within a region if you don't have that um what like you're in danger of of, of a lot of things but there is there is 
like God has given to the church government in Ephesians four, right? That that Christ has given to the church government, and the government is the office of the apostle and the prophet, the pastor, the teacher, and the evangelist. And it's upon the foundation of the apostle and the prophet that the church is built. So if it so, it's easy to say this is not a church. But the truth is, I would say every every true if it's a true revival hub, it's a church, right? Absolutely. And the problem is, is that if you don't say that, what you're doing is you're 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 empowering yourself to function as a church, but not take on the identity of your church. Problem with that is now you're not taking on the responsibility. So if you're not taking on responsibility, you are not going to have authority. And so you can do you can do these manifestations of revival and yet they're vulnerable and, and and they're radically vulnerable why because you have you have one token office in isolation mm. and 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 that and, and and so you can you can have a prophet or you know uh, as the as the token leader of that movement but because they're in isolation of the other fourfold they are, and he, there's a major, major vulnerability there for there to be uh, some sort of heretical um, uh, 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 astray, like leading people astray there. Yeah. And or just an imbalanced yeah approach. Yeah. Or cruelty, <laughs> sheep cruelty. Oh yeah, beating the sheep. Yeah, sheep beating. Uh, you know, I'm not saying I'm not saying overextension of authority. Yeah, and I'm not generalizing. I'm saying there's there's countless vulnerabilities in establishing, and a, you know, and, and that's the thing is we play these things down. We play them down. We're like, no, no, no. We're just meeting. We're just no, 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 no. Because there's there's intent. There's desire for it to be something big. And we think that once it's big, we'll be able to pull it into no, no, no like the foundation matters and if god's putting a desire to gather awesome but mm -hmm. do it the biblical way right and if you do it the biblical way you're saying that you that you that you that we we want to just accidentally stumble into fruitfulness when it comes to the body of christ and it's so unhealthy hey you want to you want to take risk and experiment on your own body and experiment with your spirituality that's fine but the moment you begin pulling other people in now you are accountable Mm -hmm. for your leadership well i'm not the leader yes you are you invited people over to your house you're taking people into the spirit you're mm -hmm. you're you're taking people places and so there's got to be radical intentional alignment otherwise um you will be accountable for the for the the, the fruitfulness or the fruitlessness or to where you take people because right. the second you are pulling people and you're framing something out and you're visionarying something um, uh, uh, that's a very dangerous place, especially if you're taking people from other churches. And if you're sowing any seeds of discord, if there's any sort of joking around about church structure or fivefold ministry or the disrespecting of the office of a pastor, uh, that's a that's a dangerous, dangerous place to be. Yeah. So you you think that uh, every kind of church government is is the proper function for? The way things should be ran i mean as far as um healthiness of, of how how we should do church there there's always going to be a government right no matter what yeah even if you're meeting in your house you're, yeah you're, they're they're eventually for it to be healthy 
there's going to be structure there's going to be government there yeah because that's the way paul laid it out yeah and what i'm not saying is that like that every kind of like parachurch ministry in my city has to like report to me or that i have to posture myself as some sort of apostolic like i could care less about that right it's like if you're going to develop an organization mm-hmm. let's say it's a missions organization or something like that um do so uh keeping uh like a an ephesians 4 five-fold wineskin in mind when you develop it so that there's like a plurality of leadership with a diversity of offices and giftings so that there's going to be accountability about we're getting people saved there's like we're we're keeping it biblical you know we're keeping it uh pastoral and community minded with with people as the like as relationship as our foundation mm-hmm. um and uh and and hopefully there's some sort of apostolic oversight in the sense that we're actually building something i think that's how you know that you that you that you that your organization or your church or whatever you're doing your home group that it lacks apostolic authority how do you know that that it does because it's small and it's incapable of growing there's right. no building constant and, and also so if if you hear this a lot within your dynamic you know we're not growing because we're we're under a curse or there's a spirit of jezebel we're not growing because this that and it always points to some sort of mystical invisible force that's restricting your growth i would say probably not you just you lack a blueprint um you uh because you are not partnering with with an apostle apostles not going to care about that stuff they're gonna be like I got a vision. Let's build. Let's find the right people. Let's, mm-hmm. you know. And so um, I'm not trying to beat anyone up, but I'm saying that. Um, <laughs> but don't you do you feel that too? The person that's that's leading, like say, John is doing his prophetic gatherings in his house. Mm-hmm. He also has to be a visionary. He has to know the direction of where he wants to go. It, for people to uh, follow. There has to be a leader. Yeah, but don't you think you can be a visionary, um, but not a builder? That's true. That's true. Maybe maybe not a builder, but at least have like a direction. For example, I I could I could envision a house for you. You wouldn't want me putting together the blueprint. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it would never get it would never get permitted. Mm-hmm. So I would have to I would have to and actually we're doing this right now. So we're working with a designer because we're lacking vision we have desire but we're lacking the practical vision parts of of the whole project Mm -hmm. so we have to work with a designer and then that designer takes the this romantic vision and collaborates with an architect and it's the architect that's going to be able to put together a blueprint to get it permitted so i think a lot of times there's really good people in the kingdom of god with great vision but they're not doing anything nothing's happening and we're and sometimes we blame that on the demonic but we're, we just lack the collaboration of mm. working with the fivefold ministry to actually see it manifest. Yeah, well, I, I think since you're, you're you're going there with that, um, the Western culture of church is really one of the only cultures where cell groups don't work. Mm-hmm. You look at the growth of um, the Korean church with the amount of effectiveness of winning the whole entire nation pretty much to Jesus using that model that Dr. Cho used. Um, there's something about loyalty 
that is instilled within other cultures and i love the independence of of christian of of our culture in america but we're not really loyal to, to a lot of things you know what i mean we're we look at the smaller picture instead of the bigger picture so they were able to like just explode to where they had over a million people in their church they had hundreds and hundreds of pastoral leaders and they you know were meeting and having amazing effectiveness uh, David Oyedepo visited Korea in the 1970s or 80s, listened to Dr. Cho's model of that, took that back to Nigeria, and now they have the largest church in the whole entire world. They've pretty much they built an entire city from nothing using the same exact blueprint that he used. And, you know, they, they have, I think, 34,000 people that live on campus. That's amazing. You can, you can be born in the sanctuary and never even leave uh, until you're 21 years old because wow. they have the greatest university. They have, uh, you know, grade schools, high schools, college. The college is the top premier college in all of Nigeria. And, and Nigeria would not have that ingrained... Um, honor uh, dynamic like you would see within the Asian cultures, right? right. Like you're, you're almost inherently um, on like, it's almost like you honor just because of your nature in a lot of the Asian cultures versus in Nigeria, you would, you would, it would almost be more um, similar to the Western culture as far as maybe just a lack of trust for those in authority. So that's interesting that that model would work for him in Nigeria. Yeah, I just think he's a strong leader. Yeah. And is visionary and a builder. You know. So, yeah. When you have a strong builder with the apostolic anointing that is truly apostolic, you're going to see that building, you know. Um and it's going to look different for many different places. But you know, we were talking about Jim Baker. He has that crazy builder anointing. Yeah, he does. Like he has his own, he has like thousands of acres. He did that in in um, in uh, Charlotte in the eighties, and now he's doing the exact same thing that he was doing back in the eighties. He's doing it now in in the Branson area. He has hundreds and hundreds of acres with I think he said around three to five hundred people living with houses, everything that he's built there. I mean, so that's a real builder anointing. Yeah. You know, so um, it's interesting to look at the kingdom of God and how we can really genuinely build something that will transform culture. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that like um, every everything that we're talking about, like, because there, there's things that you're going after and that you're building, and you know what you're really good at, and you know the areas that you're not that that you're not so great. And same same with myself. So. Uh, we'd be similar in that we're really going after some new things and, and we want to mobilize some new things. And that means that, that we're like definitely seeking out new relationships and new ways of collaborating because there's, there's, um, there's areas that, uh, that where we're going to need some strong individuals that can really come in to help us, to help us mobilize. We're, at, we're actually having lunch this week with an incredible, like probably one of the best systems thinkers within the kingdom of God, within, within 
well easily within the greater seattle area but you you might even be able to argue even within the west the west coast mm. and we're meeting with them because we there's a bunch of like realities there's a bunch of kind of like let's just call them like ministry realities that exist within our context of ministry and they're not blind spots they're things that we that we see there's um there's a lot of problems that that have been created through growth so like those are good problems but there's still problems Mm-hmm. And they have to be addressed because if they're not, then people's our, our quality of ministry begins to suffer. And mm-hmm. then there's bad problems. There's things that like, you know, it's not created by growth. It's just that there's just areas. And so we need guidance. We need wisdom. So for me to be able, like, it, like, and and sure, there's areas of my heart where I'm insecure or whatever, right? But if I was like so insecure that I couldn't seek out, and this this this, this, this guy is, isn't even in our stream. You know, he's not like the, like a he's not coming in as a prophet to be like, you know, here's what you need. To, you know, what I'm saying, right? Like, like, and so we're meeting. So it's not even in our in our in our stream, and so that that's going to require humility. That's going to require for him to be completely transparent without our without our feelers getting hurt. You know, mm-hmm. but um, I think that we all need that. Like, whether you're a pastor or whether you're uh, whether you're a business uh, leader, whether you're a stay at home, like we all have areas in our life where where the Lord's calling us to expand and to advance individually right. or whatever. And that's going to require like a willingness for like for new relationships and for hard conversations and for new levels of trust and openness. And so I think it's like, it's so like so important for the conversations or whatever we're a part of. If you're a part of something that's encouraging more isolation, like if you're a part of something where it's like, what we know is 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 the right way. This is the mature way. This is, and other people just don't get it. Mm. Like if you're a part of this conversation, it's like the, I would say that that's kind of a red a red flag for unhealthiness and like and to really try to avoid those conversations, mm-hmm. but even to avoid those kinds of gatherings and communities. Oh man, I would say get out as fast as you can, because <laughs> that's number one um, on on the list of cults. When you look at cults you find that it's typically all centered around we are the only ones Mm. that have the right information we are the only ones that you should be listening to right i mean that's like number one and and i've seen some in in you know because i've been serving the lord on fire for him for 20 years i've seen some really devastating things transpire where i was like whoa this is very unhealthy Mm -hmm. you know and now you look at it and you go man that is not a place i want to be a space that i would i would even want to be in you know i think it's it's good to have um different people speaking into what you're doing and then a healthiness of the openness to the body of christ and gleaning from not even just staying within your stream. I wouldn't say that that would be cult, like a cultic right, thing, right, but right. I'm just saying like if you are in a community where your leader is literally the only person that you're allowed to listen to mm-hmm. and you find yourself in a situation where um, leadership is telling you that you you're you're not allowed to think you're not you're not allowed to do what uh you know if you're afraid that if you wear the blue tie on sunday morning 
you're going to be rebuked because you know everyone's supposed to be wearing the green tie <laughs> major red flag. and you're scared <laughs> that you're going to get rebuked man it might be it might be time to 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 check out and how about if if the only communities that you're a part of you actually have to pay to be a part of so weird yeah like because for some people the only form of spiritual community they have they are paying big 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 bucks to be a part of it and so i think it's important hey you know what be a part of a mentoring group you know subscribe to i mean you, you know you and i are both all about that we provide those kinds of opportunities right but if that's your only form of community is some sort of cyber connection you know where you don't even know you don't even know the people really that you're like that's not like we've seen incredible things happen in a place of online community right but um but if 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 what you're calling community is is listening to your like rabbi instruct you guru. and then what your yeah your guru thanks and then like your what you're calling community is just all the chatting happening underneath that person's that's not really you know i i'd say probably one, one of the cooler forms of online community is what what people are doing now with the the zoom groups you know so you do have yeah. a leader but there's also conversation and there's also praying for each other and you right. get to actually kind of know i mean i think that's really cool so i'm not anti-online group but i just think that there also needs to be that place of like real flesh and blood you know and, and you know uh, where you're eating real food together and, yeah. you know, and you can actually talk about, see, on those groups, you're not going to get on there and talk about um, Endgame. You know what I'm saying? That would be radically inappropriate. Like, no, the purpose of this group is to talk about, you know, whatever. But, like, uh, you got to have those, you got to have those places where you can just get together and talk about Endgame, where you, you know, Avengers, like, where you can, where you can just sit around and just, and just, and just be silly, you know? And if your only form of community, there's not a real, there's not a real place where you can just be you, where you can just be silly, where you can just enjoy someone. Mm -hmm. Then, then that's not really. You're getting a little bit of you uh, there, but there's, there's, there's. We we got to be real people, <laughs> right? Well, I've been addressing this a lot of places that I've been going actually. Oh, really? That people need to be a part of a local community. Mm. And while I love online church, um there's an unhealthy place that you can get with that and what i mean is if you never attend sunday morning service and your service is always like on your phone mm -hmm. or on your computer um i've found that a lot of people that do that on sundays aren't even like engaged with the service it's they just have it on they're like walking through the house you know it's yeah. it's there there there's it's it's not really a very healthy place i think it's healthy when you're a part of a community and especially if you're going after really supernatural things and that's why i've been doing a lot less um just like facebook lives where i get on and 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 just go for it i mm -hmm. do have we do have a partner page where i get on and just chat with people um and i'm going to do a series of stuff on on, on facebook sweet, but i've been spending sweet. a lot less time sure. doing that and and the reason is is because when i move to moravian falls and when we get there i actually want to build real community mm -hmm. i want to see your face mm -hmm. i want to know who you are 
like I, I want there to be that healthiness of yeah we can talk about your experience with the purple angel if you want to yeah but then let's talk about something else too Endgame. you know end game yeah. yeah or or whatever <laughs> yeah sure so just healthiness or coffee or something like that community brings health brings a healthy uh dynamic to everything it's supernatural and also the one thing that i love about this place is the different um voices that you constantly have coming in that may not necessarily agree with each other Mm -hmm. right i think that's super healthy when you can have different voices that come in that may not necessarily agree on every single point that gives the full counsel of god Mm. the wisdom of god is revealed in the fact that you can have you know prophet so-and-so come in and minister and he may have a certain theological uh, belief system and then you have this revivalist over here that comes in from a different place right and then you have this mystical guy that comes in from here and you so you're get you're allowing your the congregation to eat from a from a gambit of different sources right and it brings healthiness to the body wow. because they're receiving different resources from different places yeah it, it, as um uh as opposed to having the same thing every day mm-hmm. so i like you know i love mexican food but i'm not going to eat it every day like i love a burrito but what if that was the only thing i was eating every day and there you were like Listen, Charlie, these burritos are fantastic. And they could be the best burrito in the whole world. And I could eat that thing for a week. But I might be like, Darren, listen, man, I love these burritos. But, bro, can we have, you know, can we go out and get like a, a man burger? Like, yeah, come on. You know yeah, what I mean? You're like, no. Yeah. <laughs> these are the best burritos that there are. Right. You don't like the burritos? Dude, I love the burritos, but I've been eating the burritos. I thought we were friends, man. I thought I thought we were friends. Eat your burrito. Just eat Shut the burrito up. and be quiet. Eat the burrito. <laughs> and and there's and, and and so you you have this this thing where it's like, man, the burritos are great. But there's also burgers, you know, China food. There's, there's, and if you're on keto, I'm sorry, you can't burgers, you can't anything that we're Steaks, talking about. Pizza, shrimp, bacon. But am I right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Like if I, if if absolutely. I'm constantly ordering out all these different things, you know, it's it's like you get these these different palettes of food. Well, it's yeah, it's unhealthy too, mm. right? It's unhealthy. I mean, to have, uh, uh, I mean, what, what's interesting is that like. Um, Oftentimes, like diversity of diet is oftentimes is what brings nutritional wholeness and flourishing to our own bodies. So I think that even within the church, mm-hmm. um, as long as there's a certain sense of orthodoxy that we're ascribing to, regard you know, right? You know, but yeah, man, I um, I'm super. But, but do you feel like that's what you bring in the sense of because you're creating the culture within? within the, the the church and then as as the leader when all these voices are coming in you kind of bring that all together and center everything yeah and, and and also like i'm sure from an outsider's perspective what we're doing here in seattle looks just totally random 
And in, in the past, it was, you know, like I think that even during 2016, with with all the meetings that we were doing, mm-hmm. it was kind of like whoever was available, right, and 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 could be vouched for by legit people within our stream. But like the the content was just all over all over the map, right? Mm-hmm. And like basically, the win was the presence of God, right? Like just getting in new voices, fresh voices. Let's just keep this thing going, like whatever it takes. Mm-hmm. Versus now, though, we're trying to be really intentional. In um, uh, uh, in in what's going to take, honestly, to build to build the local church here in Seattle, because we're not just building a local church to build a local church. We are building what we believe is going to be a contrasting city within a city. Mm-hmm. So people are like, "You just want a large church? You have a large church?" No, 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 no. We are we we want to be an influencing agency within our city, and that's mm-hmm. going to require. Not just numbers, but true believers, if that makes sense. Mm. So the people that we're bringing in, like, for example, the camp meeting this year, this is the best camp meeting we've ever hosted. Why? Because it built the local church. Not We're not talking about numbers. We're talking about faith, expectancy, and vision. Um, and it was off the charts, too. It was off the charts. Everything built off of, e- off of each other. The people that we had come in, they weren't just talking about their token things that they want to talk about in their ministry. They were coming in with like a prophetic insight, like the theme of this year, eyes that see, ears that hear, mm-hmm. right? Coming in with fresh revelation to help us build. And people say, well, you know, what about the region? Yeah, absolutely. People from the region came. But honestly, we did not host this for the region. Like mm-hmm. we hosted this because we're building something here mm-hmm. and we're building in relationship. Pastor Keith Kippen was here. Like we're in relationship with, with generals here and we're building with, with generals, you know? And so like, well, that doesn't make any sense. Why are you bringing in, why would you bring in John Crowder and, and Godfrey? Man, Crowder, that guy's crazy. You ever watch his YouTube videos? All that, like, why would you, why would you do that? Right. Like that seems random. Are you just trying to host a, a party? Mm-hmm. No, like we're not trying to. Our whole, uh, what we're going after this fall, it's all about identity and sin consciousness. So many people, they don't feel like they can do what God's called them to do because they don't feel like they're measuring up. And um, and so and they feel like they need to do more in order to do whatever. So like literally our whole church is reading Andrew Womack's book, Who Told You That You're Naked. Like wow. all of our home groups are going wow. through that book. All of our leadership is going through that book. Why? Because I don't want there to be any sort of like sin-based consciousness that's going to keep us from doing what God has called us to do as a church. So our whole fall, it's about identity. So this isn't just a party. Yeah, we're going to party and we're going to have a lot of fun. Right. But we're going to, uh, we're going to, uh, we're going to together within the context of our community uh, engage with a deeper sense of 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 our consciousness being framed up through the blood of jesus mm-hmm. and this is who we are in christ so dude everything that we're doing especially going into 2020 the the, the stuff that we're hosting here it's going to be radically strategic to help build the local church and the local churches in our region to help encourage local church leaders and uh, and if people are connected if people have a commitment and a responsibility within their communities they're going to love our events if they're not if they're you know if, if they're just hoping to kind of get their next kind of fix they can come but i'm not excited about them coming i'm excited about really partnering with people yeah. that want to radically fundamentally influence and transform this region with the power of god yeah what well, and um you know i don't know john crowder um but I would consider him pretty pretty brilliant um, theologically. Mm-hmm. I can't see John not getting um, in the next ten to fifteen years 
uh, his doctorate in theology. I, I I don't know if he's even studying, but I just sense that that's what's where he's going, and um, really becoming a voice, uh, like a scholarly voice. Mm-hmm. And for all the wild stuff, he is a wild guy. Um, but for all the, and I don't agree with everything he 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 does. But I will say that he is well studied, man. The stuff that he he knows what he's talking about, and most of the time, he's super Christ centered on all of his theology, which I love. Mm-hmm. You know, he would probably consider me to be like out there, and I probably am out there in in, in certain. Uh, things like dualistically on a few few um ways that i uh look at look at the realm of the spirit but the guy's pretty sound on a lot of his a lot of his theology and so i wouldn't be surprised like i know you're gonna say like as a party and john is wild but but most of his stuff is so christ-centered and if anybody would try to sit and debate with him you're gonna have a very hard time because he's very he's well studied in what he knows, you yeah. know. He's a total he's a total nerd. I mean, the guy the guy's always reading. Like whenever you see any of his videos, you always see the stacks of books on his desk. And he's not John's not one of those guys that's going to just put books on his desk to make it look like he's intellectual, right? Because he doesn't care what he looks like. I mean, that's obvious. Like he's not. You and know, he's studying he, theologians, man. Yeah. He's studying doctors of the like, church. He's not studying like he some reads, he reads random. paper books. You know, like 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 he's got actual literal paper book stuff that's out of print. He goes to bookstores. Yeah, who does that? He's not. He's not. His <laughs> teachings aren't coming from like some weird people. He reads third books. source. <laughs> <laughs> but actually, you know, here's the thing about John that people that like, uh, and this is my own take on him. He's one of the weirdest pastors you would you would ever. Like, yeah, he's a theologian and he's all these things. But I would say actually one of his strongest gifts is actually pastoral. And um, but you but you but people would, would argue with me on that. And say no way that guy is not pastoral. He's one of the most blunt. He's one of the most like right like like uh, sarcastic like all of these things. But I would say that his sarcasm, his bluntness, his humor, uh, all of that. I believe is motivated because he wants people to be uh, free of fear, to know who they are in Christ, mm-hmm. and to even be like like I know there's a lot of accusation that came because of the whole hyper grace movement and everything, but the stuff that I've heard him teach on stuff, uh, his most recent video on marijuana that he just did, um, what it reeked of of a pastor mm-hmm. because he wasn't coming out with he he wasn't coming out with a bunch of legalism. He was like, I want you to be healthy. I want you to be holy. And here are some ways that, here are some ways that you can do it. Um, versus coming out strong profit, it would be like do or die, right? Like here's the line in the sand, right? And But what you'd see is, hey, here's a practical way to walk this thing out so that the trajectory of, of, of your holiness is going the right direction in Christ. Yeah. And so I think, that's, I think that's really, like I said, it's one of the weirdest pastors because in the natural, you get... Like, dude, I, I've been offended by the guy. I've been like, you know, um, and uh, and actually, that's one of the reasons why why I why I like it because when I process through things, I actually oftentimes learn more about myself than I learn about John when triggered by some of his mm. stuff. And then there's there is just stuff um, that that's just that's just you know stupid. You, you know, know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And and he would and he would say that. 
you know right uh but uh you know what there's been loads of just stupid stuff that i've done in ministry you know what i'm saying so for me to be like he's just done some stupid stuff dude i started pastoring when i was 27 right like you started in ministry when you were like 18 or something 19 mm-hmm. or i don't know how old you were and so um so come on <laughs> yeah yeah and 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 your in your your theolo- theology is going to change the more that you you learn and the more that you study, you're not going to stay the same, mm. I don't think. I mean, you're not the same person that you were 20, when you're t- <laughs> no. like pastoring when you're 27. No. Yeah, thank God. Yeah. yeah. I mean, either. I had a good heart, bro. <laughs> Man, God's grace, right? <laughs> the on. grace of God. Come on. You know, that's what Come I on. think. Because I look back and I go, wow, that was pretty wild, you know? <laughs> but that was the, the place that I was in. You know, I think God's. God just was like, yep, he's going to be all right. I mean, dude, even just 2016 and, and all the meetings that we were doing together, just looking at just the, the, the my own maturity and growth just in the last three years, it's just, it's just been extraordinary, mm. you know? And, yeah. and I know I'll look back at this time in three years and be like, oh my gosh, right? Right. Um, but now I, now I look at older ministers like, and I go, I like to sit with them and, and, and listen to them. But now I understand why they do certain things that they do. Like when I was younger. Like when they don't talk. Or, yeah, or or they're not like every five minutes po- posting like their their picture with a miracle that happened. Do you know what I'm saying? Like I used to do this so much when I was 20, in my 20s. Yeah. yeah. And, and like, oh, I got to get the, this this moment right here. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. I, I not not that that was uh, I had wrong motives in doing that sure. or that I was in, like it was just just in a different space yeah than totally. I am now totally I'm just kind of like yeah it was cool last night thinking about that there was this little girl that the mom brought for me to pray for that she had had a cyst on her on her leg and uh, she said you had prayed for her last time and the cyst completely vanished wow she needed another miracle in her body but that was pretty cool. That just to see, just to see those kinds of wow. things, you know, um, and you're just like, thank God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's awesome, man. Yeah. Hey, super excited about Radiant Falls, and it's gonna be awesome. Uh, and I'm gonna get to come see your joint here in a couple of weeks. That's gonna be man. Gonna don't be judge awesome. me when you see it, because it needs it's it's a work it's a work Judging, in progress. You, you, you've been you've been to my house. Uh, it's a Dude, work we haven't in progress. Done, you know, <laughs> yeah, it's. It's gonna be awesome. That's uh, why we've been only taking pictures of the outside. <laughs> I'm <getting> like, <laughs> this is awesome. Yeah, yeah, because it's all it needs. It needs help in the inside, but we're we're working through it. Yeah, yeah, and also thanks so much for it's been so much fun partnering with you even on this podcast and just the the, the conversations that you've been hosting with just people that you're uh, doing meetings with and conferences with and and uh, the most recent one was just amazing with Anna Roundtree and um and I'm getting emails all the time like you know thank you so much for the conversations and but I yeah man I just appreciate it's been fun like again like collaborating with you we're in different parts of the US and yet we're using you know technology in, in a redemptive way to be able to share content and man it's, it's amazing i've wanted to do something like this forever like like the idea of like collaborating with with people mm. uh 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 it, and it's one of those things where like it's hard it's actually hard to do mm-hmm. you know um so yeah it, it, it's been cool it's been amazing oh man i just i'm excited i'm just thankful that you let me do it 
Oh man, yeah. I, I've been enjoying it, going to these different ones and like talking to people and stuff. And then the the kind of conversations that we have are like amazing. Like today, yeah. I'm, I wonder what kind of emails you're going to get from this one. I won't. I won't get any. I imagine you will. <laughs> I'll probably get some. <laughs> Bring it on. Uh, but I, I think these these are great ways for uh, to have open conversations about things, and. Um, you know, maybe maybe a few people watch, and and get something out of it. You know, out of the conversations. Absolutely. It, the other thing is because we've done we've done a few of these together where we've captured these conversations. But what's fun is that they kind of encapsulate a period of time. You know, and um, and we can go back and we can revisit this and see the kinds of things that we were talking about in this in this mo- moment of time. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really cool. Like it kind of captures where we were at individually or within our own families or. Uh, uh, ministry challenges or whatever else as well as some of the really cool stuff um, that, that God was doing in that season I even think about like when I had you on the radio show and we were just telling testimonies right. of stuff that God was doing up at Jake's house like we're just testimony after testimony after testimony mm-hmm. and I just think it's cool man like these conversations are they're, they're recorded forever man they're, they're going to be available forever for, mm-hmm. for I mean my uh, our, our, our great grandkids will be able to listen to these yeah you Except know. for the ones that we remove and we hide so nobody knows about anymore. <laughs> <laughs> the ones you can't find anymore because we or, took them down. Or that our kids removed. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Like, I can't believe our dads believe that. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I can't believe that they did a conversation with that person. Yeah. Well, dude, I got to get you to the airport. It's ah, been good. I know, man. going to go home and see my... My wife, Nehemiah, came with me on this trip, which is great. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's getting huge. He's growing like a little <laughs> artist. Yep. He's growing. Awesome, man. Well, hey, I love you. Hey, I love you too, man. All right, we'll do it again. Yes. All right, peace out. Podcasts are definitely trending right now. There are so many brand new podcasts that are hitting the market, and I think that iTunes is kind of overwhelmed. And one of the ways that iTunes aggregates what's hip and relevant from the rest of the noise that's hitting the web is through ratings and reviews. A bunch of you have already taken the time to leave a rating and a review of this podcast. I just wanted to say thanks. You guys are incredible, and you're so supportive, and I love you. And if you haven't had a chance to take Take that minute or two to leave a review. If you do that, that'd be incredible. And I've created a shortcut to get you there. It's thedarrenshow.com. That's thedarrenshow.com. You can give it one star, and that means that you think it's kind of lame. Or you can give it five stars, and that means that you think this thing be dope, be tight, be off the chain. So if you would take the minute or two to leave a review, that would be mighty fine of you. Again, it's thedarrenshow.com. Thanks, guys.